Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why can't we see eye to eye with psychics and mediums? If multiverse theory is true, how does it determine who we really are? Do many of us experience slips in time and not even realize it? Hello and welcome to the 570th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben and those convoluted questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And this evening we bring you an open line show and uh, that is going to be very fascinating and we have lots and lots of questions from our listeners in that ever-growing stack of emails. And we welcome your calls this evening. The numbers are 800-449-1240. That's from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada. Or 401-766-1240. That is locally. Also, we will monitor the emails. That's uh, paul at behindtheparanormal.com for emails in case you don't want to call us in if you have a horrible case of stage fright. So that's (laughs) paul at behindtheparanormal.com. So what are we going to be starting off with, Dad? Okay, well, let's start out with um, a couple from Facebook, and the first one is from Tim in Yorba Linda, California. Oh, yes, uh, Facebook. So, uh, Tim, wow, Yorba Linda, that is a lovely name. So, Tim writes to us, I love your show, but I get frustrated when I hear these psychics and mediums, and I am glad you do not have them on very often. You hit them with questions about parallel uh, material worlds where people never die, and they keep talking about spirits. Uh, when you call them on it, they just agree with you. Is there any <laughs> way to get through to these people? <laughs> well, uh, God, we're not the only ones that, that see that. No, I know. Thank you, Tim. A very good question. You know, we often talk about this. Ben and I will look at each other after a particular show where we have maybe a psychic or a medium or something like that, and we'll very often shake our heads and say just what you commented, really. I really don't know if there's a way to get through, but, but it, it certainly points up the problem of modern epistemology, how we know what we know and how we hear what we hear and the framework out of which people say things and the framework within which people hear things. You can, you can have a whole conversation and, not, and think you understand what someone's saying and uh, not understand it at all because mm. there are a lot of conversations where people are speaking and have no idea what they're talking about either. Yeah, no, sometimes I feel like that. When you're speaking or hearing? Uh, both. Oh, right. Okay. Well, a very honest uh, point of view. But it, it just, we, we will have a guest. We don't have psychics and mediums on very often. Uh, we feel that we owe, it's, it is part of the paranormal, so we sort of have an obligation to do it at least once a year. A few weeks ago, we had Roland Comtois on. And, um, I don't know, he seemed to be, I don't know, maybe in some ways a little bit, clearer on, on some of this than others, but still... Well, he offered pretty good explanations to things. I, I, I must say, at least he was he was uh, consistent. Is that, yeah. Is that the way, a good way of putting it? Yeah, I think that that's true. Yeah. yeah. He's also local here from northern Rhode Island, so not that that means anything as far as being a psychic or a medium is concerned. Strange as uh, keeping one socket weird as we, as we do. Uh, yeah. However, there are... One of the problems I think we often say is an issue are the terms people use. Yeah. Okay? People just talk about death. People assume that you become a spirit and go somewhere, you know, heaven or hell or whatever. Some people assume that. Other people think about reincarnation. And other people just think that you become, you sort of hang around and become a ghost. Other people think, still other people think that you become like this super being helping your your family. And that's one one of the problems I have with psychics and mediums, along with their interpretation of what's really going on here, is is that you you somehow 
automatically know everything. And uh, that that's ludicrous. Um, I, I don't know. It is, there are so many points of view on It's funny because I'm working on, uh, we're working on chapter 10 of our, of our next book, and it's about what is heaven. And one of the issues I have, too, and I know you agree with me on this, Ben, is, is the, the sappy, fuzzy, almost cartoonish view it's really, yeah. that's presented by many of these people. Well, it just, it just seems so, I don't know, I, maybe it's me, I find it utterly boring. It, it well compared to what, what the way, point of view we have or some of the things we deal with, yeah, it, 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 it just seems, it just seems so utterly boring and, and two dimensional. See, that is what bothers me. The whole what what is real death for the human spirit and the human mind? Boredom. Boredom. Yeah. Yeah. And the kind of quote unquote heaven these people describe is to me very boring. It would be the death of the soul to me. I think it's certainly a multiversal view where you have all possibilities constantly changing, hopefully getting better. That would be a much more uh, solid and, uh, I think, accurate portrayal of what I suppose many of us would like to experience. But, I mean, the whole, the whole paradigm of dying and going somewhere, it's, that, I don't think that's valid either. Because of the whole multiverse idea, wherein, as physicists, some at least would say, you have all possibilities existing simultaneously. There is no past, there is no future. It's all simultaneous. And we experience the present strictly through our consciousness. And it was well put by a physicist recently. I wish I could remember who it was, but it was passed on to me, I believe, by our good friend Mark D'Antonio, who is a, an astronomer and works with MUFON. And we know We've him had him on the show a couple of times. Had him on the show a few times, working with him on at least one case right now. And he said, essentially, the, the idea is if you were to travel in time, this physicist said, you would not be moving backwards or forwards. You would be moving sideways. Oh, so it's like the Wonka Vader. All right, all right, but well, not entirely. But you know, I suppose I. Well, that's every direction. So yeah, never mind. Right. Well, yeah. Well, that that's it. Every direction. So uh, th- that's what we seem to see. And, and you know, there's a funny thing that might come up with this as well. This came up in conversation um, with uh, Bill Hall, as a matter of fact, will be our guest February 9th, or, or well, I don't know. We might change that because well, anyway, it'll be in February sometime at some point. Yeah, Bill is the author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, about the Bridgeport case of and Poltergeist case of 1974, in which I was involved, and he's he's writing a book about this Central Connecticut case we're always talking about. I I think he's I told him he's he's faster than a flea on a date. I mean, he just, uh, you know, he and his publisher, new page. So, in any case, uh, he's writing about that. So, that's who Bill is. And we're talking yesterday. I said, you know, it's funny. The the, the spatial relationships involved in paranormal experiences can be very interesting. Uh, We got a great video of something coming down out of a tree. That's on our show show Facebook page, if you want to see that, that video. And uh, other people, we've compared it with other things that have occurred. And I remember being involved in certain cases where the particular, I believe it was an an entity because there was some communication going on, uh, usually people, sometimes not, uh, was up by the ceiling or in a corner uh, by the floor, in a place you would not expect to be be encountering another person or being. Uh, The spatial 
relationship was different because they were in a, a parallel material world, in our opinion, anyway, at least my opinion at the time. See no reason to doubt that. And th- this is stuff the, these uh, psychics and mediums just don't seem to get. I think they, it's also another another thing, because they do refer to them as spirits, because I guess it's sort of... Well, what else hard, could they hard, Yeah, well, it's... it's That's their point it's, of view. It's, think of it like this. It's like you're trying to talk about somebody in a 2D image, but they're actually like three-dimensional human, human, uh, or, or more. human beings yeah. or, or more dimensions. But yeah. let's say you're looking at a photograph... And you're like, all right, so this is a two-dimensional person, and that's all you see, and that's all you can picture. So if you do indeed meet this person, it's a two-dimensional person, that's all you get. Mm-hmm. When, in fact, they are three dimensions or more. Yeah. So it's it's trying to take a word that only means one particular part of the human being or of creatures or whatever, which would be the immaterial portion of it. And then saying, all right, that's a blanket term for everything else. So everything else that happens that's paranormal blanket term for it yeah so i I feel like it's maybe just a lazy man's way of getting around having to explain things well i think they also embrace terms such as we use multiverse and parallel wars because it sounds scientific we like to think it is scientific at least as far as science can go with this which really isn't very far but they rather than than use the the spiritualist terms such as you know the other side or the spirit world yeah, they can say alternate dimensions or alternate or alternate worlds, which are really not the same thing. Uh, parallel no. worlds are not the same thing as alternate dimensions, but people use them interchangeably. Sometimes we even do too. But that sounds scientific, and they believe that gives them credibility. I think even that may be even unconscious on their. Oddly part. enough, I feel like I wouldn't even call us like any anything more than philosophers and explorers. I think you're right. That, I, I get. I point. get. Not upset, but more um, by upset I mean like disconcerted when people refer to us as, like, physicists and things? Well, well that, that doesn't happen very often, because no, it's no, no, not no, true. But what, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is I don't, want, I don't want people to say that we're, like, magical physicists who know all. You know of course I mean? not. No, no. No, no, we, we uh, use physics because we, 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 it's the only thing we see as an explanation. And, yeah, again, even that, every, everything kind of falls short. I, my, my degree is in philosophy, so you can call me a philosopher, to some point, if you have to put a label. I mean, your degree is in sound design, so you're really good at, at a lot of this, especially when it comes to EV, uh, electronic voice phenomena and blowing that out of the water, if if it's required. I mean, some, I'm sure, are legit, but that's Still not. Story. I'm not really an expert. I just have like my general observation. Yeah, well, you know a lot more than a lot of other people do about sound. I suppose so. Mm-hmm. But be that as it may, I, I don't think... Any of that applies to some, at least, of the of the psychic. No, community. so I guess what the, where we're coming from, what I'm saying is that uh, we're approaching this from a, cerebr- a cerebral point of view, as in we're using uh, our our experiences and our our brain power to say spirit. No, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, think- there's more to it that you know the whole you know how could, how can you be you if without your body. Uh, the, the whole spirit thing, just it's what it looks like from our point of view, so therefore it must be what it is, and I don't buy that at all, neither do you. No, well, we could be wrong as well, too. Another aspect of this, not, not to take the whole show for this question, but uh, it's a good question. It is a very good question. Is uh, the notion of, of when highly educated people have psychic or mediumistic experience, or paranormal experiences at all, you know, and that that that's a question we received. Uh, I remember a few months ago was uh, if you are psychic or 
mediumistic or have highly developed so-called psychic abilities, are you more likely to have paranormal experiences? And that sounds like a no-brainer, but not necessarily. No, I, I'd say no, honestly. I feel like we all have an equal equal amount of, of chance to experience the, something paranormal. I think it's, it's how we, we interpret it in the context in which we see it. Well, it's also maybe a survival instinct oh, yeah. that's built into all of us. And uh, it's, it's educated out of us as children, generally. Mm. Maybe not so much anymore, but I suspect that it still is. Uh, you know, oh, don't believe in that. That's, you have to concentrate on the, the so-called real world. There or really it's is a no watered-down version of, like... Or it's, it's like a watered-down version, an entertainment variety of yeah. paranormal, like, a, like, uh, like Ouija boards and things yeah. like that. So anyway, Tim, if we ever figure out a way to get through to psychics and mediums, and so, some, some are... I'm not saying all of them are like that. I'm thinking of a Susan Shepherd from from West Virginia. Oh yeah, but um, you know whom we know very well, and has a feet on the ground approach to this, and considers very carefully the notion of parallel physical worlds as explanations for what are generally thought of as spiritualist type phenomena. So there are exceptions. So, but it is a good question, and we will continue to examine it and test it and uh, see what we can do with with guests we may have on who are of, of that bent. Indeed. So who's our next one from? Uh, Kathy from uh, Chipachet, Rhode Island. Oh, right in the local listening area. Okay. Okay, so Kathy writes to us, uh, How does all the microwave pollution we live in every day affect the paranormal? Have uh, there been in, an increase in events because of cell phone towers and electronic devices? Have you noticed an increase in the paranormal since you started so many years ago? That's an awfully good question. I know next to nothing about microwaves, so... <laughs> Well, I, I kind of made tried to make a study of it in '06 when I was working on the book *Turning Home*, and uh, the jury is out on that. And it's called essentially electro pollution is the general term, and there are issues, uh, many issues with it, not just having to do with the paranormal. There, there are health issues. Uh, I think everyone might be familiar with, with the allegation that cell phones give, uh, you, cancer. give you brain cancer yeah. or something, which essentially is not. True, unless you're on them like 48 hours a day or something. Like that. Mm. But generally, it's it's not it's been found to not necessarily be true. However, we do have microwaves and all sorts of bizarre things shooting through our environment all the time. Uh, there's a tower on the hill behind our house. We live on Woonsocket Hill, as it's called uh, terrestrially, and it, it I don't know what it's for. It doesn't look. I'm suspicious, but. I don't know what really. It's not really a cell tower. So whatever it is, I don't whatever, know. Yeah, whatever. I've asked whatever some of the police officers. They don't know either. So uh, there are all sorts of things going on uh, electronically all around us all the time. Uh, not to mention our devices and all sorts of things, microwave ovens and all this business. And uh, there was some question about its effect on human behavior. Yeah. Like what? It, what about it specifically? Well, that it might um, create stress that it might uh, involve um, changes in behavior, uh, not necessarily for the better. And uh, one does wonder, I mean, uh, you hear about some, some terrible, terrible things that go on, terrible crimes uh, that, that occur. Uh, we, I don't, we don't have to name any. People know, know what's happening. I mean, certainly the recent events in Paris or the, the, in New England here, the Sandy Hook thing a few years back, terrible, terrible things. Uh, however, one wonders if the, things like that did not... Um, I don't think things like that always happen, but negative things have happened and people find out more about, uh, say, paranormal events simply because of the communication 
that helps create all this electropollution. Yeah, exactly. So there may have been so whether paranormal events have increased because of it, uh, I don't really know. I don't think it has hurt it because we know that there are electromagnetic components to paranormal events. Uh, for example, I, I have always found that if you're in the vicinity, if you're in a building that is quote unquote haunted, a lot of the activity tends to take place around the plumbing. Or the electricity. People very often come to us and say, "Oh, the, the microwave turns on by itself, or the v, or, or the uh, video devices around the TV, or the TV turns on by itself." And uh, why is it, 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 there seems to be a concentration of activity around electrical uh, devices and uh, water? As long, as long as it's not distilled water, it will convey electrical you know, fields and, and mm. conduct electricity. So, uh, in that sense, yeah. And of course, this. These devices and, and the, the electropollution electro will increase the amount of uh, electric, electrical energy in the air and yeah. things of this kind, uh, generally, unless I'm gravely mistaken, not, not being an electrical engineer. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, uh, there may be a component of that. Uh, but, again, I think the other side of it is that people simply find out about these things more readily because of the communication permitted by this uh, very communicative culture, which... Uh, People uh, bow their heads reverently, not before God, but before the phones and things as they communicate with one another, you know, which is very often in complete uh, nonsense and trivia, but that's not for me to say, I suppose. Yeah, but, true. But uh, I just find it philosophically ironic. But uh, there may be a component of this, and uh, we, are, we do uh, bear that in mind as we investigate cases. So, Indeed. Next? Uh, next is uh, Barbara from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Yep, someone else around there are living. Li uh, uh, excuse me, our uh, uh, listening uh, area. Our living area. Living area. Yes. Well, it's, that's not, it's not wrong, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Barbara writes to us, uh, When you feel threatened or in danger in your home or anywhere else, how do you know if it is paranormal? How do you know if you are protected and where does that protection come from? Well, that, that's, all, that's another very good question. One of the, not to dwell on the last one, but, but to get back to electropollution, there is some opinion that maybe the behavioral effects of electropollution might make you feel anxious or paranoid. Or stressful. So if you're in an, an area that is uh, perhaps near or the radar array at an airport or is near uh, high power, tension wires. Po high tension wires, power stations, uh, you might not only have a feeling of, of unease, because of the electri electrical effects of these devices nearby, uh, you might even have, um, there might even be, be some crossover to, with actual phenomena. Okay? Hmm. Um, I have found a very large percentage of cases that have taken place near high tension wires. That's not a good place to build houses. And you know, you're very familiar with the case. I started in 1998. You came in in 05. Uh, the case in, in uh, Burlville, Rhode Island. Um, the I, I, I don't want to get specific about it, but uh, the people became good friends of ours and uh, uh, got some great pictures there. There was a lot of activity. Parasite, parasites were involved and uh, strange things have happened. And that was not that far from some high-tension wires. And I often wonder if that wasn't... Um, Involved, sort of, sort of an, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So, but but as far as how you know, how can you tell, tell the difference? That can be difficult. One of the things we would always suggest is: uh, does anyone else uh, feel the unease or experience the the phenomena? Because uh, just feeling uneasy in a place uh, might mean you shouldn't stay there, but that doesn't necessarily mean something paranormal is going on. It means something may be wrong just for you. 
uh, for your own body. I mean, your body tells you what you need to do, I think. Yeah, if you pay uh, attention to it. If you pay attention to it. And most of us don't because we're too distracted by the electrical stuff you know, or whatever. Yeah. So th- th- that's one factor. However, if you're, big, if, you, if you're really seeing these, if you really, really feel threatened, uh, th- then you may have stepped over the line into something that may, be, may have a paranormal component. But uh, others... Um, I, I would suggest, for example, well, there was one, one case in Connecticut many years ago, and this person came to me and said, yeah, I, just, should I, I don't know whether I should rent this, this, this house. It's just it's really, it was kind of out in, in the uh, uh, rural area, and it was uh, very small, and uh, it would have been good for this one person who was a teacher, yeah. a professor, actually. And he said, uh, you know, can you come over and take a look? And I said, well, you know, and I felt it, too. I said, there's something kind of strange here. But if I had not felt it, or if other friends hadn't mentioned it as well, uh, I, I might say, well, you might want to, you know, not live here still, but it wouldn't necessarily be paranormal. Yeah. But I felt something uh, really was strange going on there, and, and uh, that was uh, the reason that I, w- I advised him not to, uh, not to rent the place. So uh, maybe I was wrong, but again, uh, multiple opinions are good in that situation. Yeah, yeah, instead of just... It, it, it's good to get the opinions of other people because then yeah. it, it, it validates. Yeah. Uh, but as far as what when that occurs, and of course, if you're seeing figures and strange things, and uh, you know your your I mean, yeah, stuff flying too. around your house, I'd say that yeah, you got some sort of issue there. And you, you know, if you, really, uh, to to go into an area like that, to move into a place and say, well, I can deal with it, that, that's kind of reckless uh, because you don't know if you can. There may be factors you're not aware of. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't take. If, if it comes to you, that's one thing, but to go to it, which is why we advise against, quote-unquote, ghost hunting and all this business. You know, the hobbyist approach yeah. to the paranormal, not a good idea. So um, as far as uh, how to be protected, uh, again, this is if it comes to you. Don't go to it. If it comes to you, uh, the first thing we always suggest is keep it positive. Yes. Always be positive. Come together with your household. I mean, a lot of people live alone, but you have friends, certainly. Uh, you have um, unseen loved ones, because you know, th- that that can be a slippery slope because you know people don't really know what to look for. But but to keep it positive, probably the best example of this we've seen in the past ten years is the very case we talked about earlier that Bill Hall is writing the book about next. Uh, that's called the Haunted House Diaries. I believe it's going to be out in August. It's so quick. Yeah, I can't, I, I hate that. It, caught, it takes me years to write a book. Mainly, mainly because I'm a professional journalist and writer, and I, don't, I have to write what other people want me to write. I can't write what Now I distract you. You do? I don't know. Sometimes. You're supposed to be the co-author here on this. Thing. I know. I can be very distracting, though. Uh-oh, Uh-oh there goes the light. Uh-oh. Whatever. My bad. So, so in any case, uh, I think that you just keep it positive. Uh, make sure that there's laughter of a positive nature. Uh, faith is, is always good and important. And uh, solidarity. This case, as I say, from Central Connecticut that Bill's writing the book about, uh, could be a real disaster. Uh, really, because it's like Grand Central Station of the paranormal. Everything's coming and going through there, because I believe, we believe there are lots of multi-world uh, intersects that occur. In, There's a lot of groundwater, place. too. Do we ever A lot of groundwater. That? Uh, that's being worked on. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, but if the Manson family moved in there, or, or if they, they were not nice, positive, jolly people who were full of love... 
there could be all kinds of problems there. They, they, they could be ringing the dinner bell for parasites or whatever. But that's not the case, fortunately. So keep it positive. That, that's number one. And um, again, uh, don't move into an area where you feel uncomfortable. But if it comes to you, that's number one. Keep it positive. Uh, I, would, I would avoid calling in quote-unquote ghost hunters and something. I mean, these people, are, they really have no qualifications, most of them, and uh, it just, if, if they, they may say they've been doing this for 10 years or 20 years, but they may be doing silly and wrong things for 10 or 20 years. So the big thing is keep the place full of love. The more positive you can be, the less negativity there will be because it, it, it repels it. We call it in a way that we laughingly call it the Peter Pan theory. I mean, it, it's, it's true. It's a... You know, and... Uh, it can be complicated when you have issues of your own. Maybe you've been abused. You have an addiction. That can create problems, too. So, in any case, uh, you have to start with being positive, though. What is protecting you? Um, we were asked, well, uh, I think certainly people think about angels and positive entities of this kind. Sure, why not? I think that one of the things people don't consider, two of the things people don't consider is that in getting into this multiverse idea, across the multiverse, you are living sort of a super life as many different versions of yourself in, in this multiverse. Some are very wise, and what one might light upon the, the classic term uh, enlightened or higher self. Maybe that's where that idea came from. But you may be, in a way, your own guardian angel in some ways, uh, from a, a parallel world where it's still you, but you know more than you do here, and you have a, a greater heart, a greater spirituality, a greater um, understanding of, of things, and maybe you uh, can tie into that, and uh, that's something you can, I think, trust. But there are a lot of helpers, too. I wouldn't... Uh, really pay too much attention to spirit guides and all this business that the mediums talk about. I think that can be very dangerous. Just keep it quiet, keep it positive in your own heart. And I think that will take care of a lot. Certainly uh, pray and, and keep it positive in that way with a positive spirituality. And I think yeah, you could be protected by many, from many different quarters because we're all in this together. I mean all of us from all parts. So let's take our break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back. It's about the economy. It's about business. It's about your business. Hi, I'm Frank Prosnitz, and hoping you'll join me on Thursdays at 4 p.m. beginning January 22nd as we explore the issues, the people, and developments in business and the economy. I've been a journalist for more than 25 years and for a decade was editor of a business publication. Join us for It's Your Business, because it is. Okay, we're back on our open line show, Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on ON 1240. And I would like to give you our numbers again, which I usually forget to do uh, if you'd like to call in. That's 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada and 401-766-1240 locally. And we are again monitoring Paul at BehindTheParanormal.com if you would like to send us an email, a email during the show. Okay, let's get into some of the, uh, the other emails we've received here. Uh, this is from Brian in League City, Texas. Oh, Let's start with the second. 
Hey, uh, Brian writes to us, uh, I am very excited that I've recently discovered your radio show. I have tons of questions. I want to learn so much about this subject. However, today my top priority question uh, to you is, uh, will I experience mental suffering in uh, my worlds, I think of them as uh, dimensions, like uh, I have in this one? Uh, in other words... Uh, do, you want, do you want to stop there? Yeah, th- that's kind of a big question. Okay, okay I see. I see what uh, he's getting at here. Now uh, he is a recovering alcoholic. He says in a previous paragraph that we didn't read, and so there were. And there was. A, he's been through a great deal, great deal of suffering there, and uh, you know we, we commend him for recovering. Uh, and, and getting his life back together. Yes. So, it sounds good right now from what he says in paragraph one. Uh, things have come together. Uh, but it's a good question. Uh, because, as, as we often say, we, uh, we tend to agree with the, the physicists who think that all possibilities are out there and that we ourselves uh, pretty much experience many versions of ourselves, and it's really kind of all us. So, in other words, uh, really to put it simply, if you are a positive person, and uh, you are, have uh, li- live a life of, of positive energy, the love, whatever, and, and you um, do not harm others. You enhance life rather than take from it uh, the life, your own life, and that of others. I think that it's as simplistic as it might sound. I think it's, it, the possibility there is probability there is that you. Most of the li- I don't think your lives our lives are infinite out in the multiverse. Even though the number of worlds may be infinite, I think there are many worlds in which we were never born. Many versions of worlds that, that are utterly alien. And then you, you know, whether we're there or not is another deeper question. But I think that you have many in which you are a very very positive. I think in the majority of worlds in which you exist, you are positive. If you are positive here, because I think it spills over. And I think that, that the essence of spirituality is to develop your awareness of your whole life. And again, not inward-looking, outward-looking, because this life is really just not, not yours alone. It belongs to everyone. And so I, I think that spiritualities uh, and um, new age philosophies that have you looking inward can be very destructive, because that's not where the truth is. It's not inside you. It's outside you. Because the what is really in you is outside you. <laughs> That's probably the clearest way in which I can put it. So uh, I think that when you um, take this point of view, you can begin to tie into uh, parallel lives, if you will, uh, as physicists might say, that um, are very positive, where you have great wisdom you might not have learned here in this life. I think that explains people like, let's say, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, the great composer, who composed his first uh, piano concerto at the age of four, and at the behest of his father was out performing for the crown heads of Europe uh, not long after that. Now, how does a four-year-old child pick up that sort of amazing genius? Uh, Well, probably because he's consciously or unconsciously in touch with lives where he is a creative genius. Not was, because there is no was, there is no will be, it's all right now. Uh, the simultaneity of of all existence and reality, according to the particular branch of physics that we uh, tend to um, agree with, or have seen in action in the paranormal work. So that may be a bunch of baloney, but we we don't believe it is. We believe that that is as real as it gets, and that's what we see. So uh, do you have suffering and the same kind of anguish 
that you have in the life that you describe in your email. Well, I think that you do, there, there will always be lives where you do. But if you keep, get, keep it positive, keep working for the positive, you will get in touch with far more lives in far more worlds, or if you want to call them dimensions, even though it's not entirely accurate. But if it helps you to think of it that way, that's fine. Terms, terms have limitations. I think you will keep it positive. And the fewer and fewer worlds there will be in which you are having this, this, this anguish. So there will always be some. But as long as it's not in the majority, I don't think that it will spill over into this one. And again, that may be a simplistic approach. And I hope I'm making myself clear on that. Ben, do you have anything to add to that? Or you're cleaning your glasses right now. No, no, I'm paying uh, attention and listening. Okay, yeah. I agree with you. Um, it's, I think it's impossible. Well, I'm not going to say it's impossible to escape suffering. Um, but I'm going to say that I think where we're living right now is is the middle. Like the middle between horrible and That's funny. I was just thinking paradise. about that yesterday. Yeah, it's like it's it's like um, I heard I heard some some philosopher or um, yeah some philosopher say once that uh, it's like where we're living is sort of like Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose you could think of it that way. I guess yeah, that, maybe that, lower middle because I was thinking about that too just yesterday, and I was I think that we may be a bit on the lower side of that middle as far as the characteristics of this particular reality. And, but one of the hardest things to understand, people often ask us this, is, uh, you know, is this... The, and physicists who tend to embrace this point of view will often ask, is this world in which we are experiencing right now, uh, or the show, the presence of each other here uh, in northern Rhode Island at this point, is that the most real world because we're experiencing it? Well, I think that in our, in our subconscious, at least the way I see it, in our subconscious are all these other lives, parallel lives we're living. And I think that pretty much makes up our subconscious. I think that physicists try really hard to be philosophers sometimes. They do. They can't help it because no, it, it, it demands philosophy. Yeah. Well, what they it's, find. It's, it's, I think that's why science, the other different materialistic sciences don't take quantum physics so seriously. Because the statement. Well, they can't deny it. It's just they, the the interpretations vary. No, no, they can't because the mathematics proves it's, it. It's 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 but it's, it's not a theory anymore. I mean, no, it's, just it's how not. you interpret it, and I mean, it's so wild. It's a fascinating thing because it's so abstract, and yeah. it's like the greatest hindrance at the same time, like the greatest ally of materialistic science. Because it, that's it, true. It's, yeah. it's 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 very it blows materialistic science out of the water. Really, yes. And, and that's the thing. And that's yeah. That's that's the problem right yeah. there. But. Uh, uh, the notion of uh, parallel lives being in the subconscious, you know, does that mean that they are any less real or concrete? I think not. In the world where well, our particular writer, uh, what's his first name again? Brian. Brian, I'm sorry. Uh, in the world where Brian may be experiencing anguish, this life, in his particular life in Texas, is part of the subconscious. That one is just as conscious and just as real and just as physical, in my opinion, uh, then the reason I, I formed this is because I, there were several occasions where it, it seemed like the same person was quote unquote haunting different places at the same time. Oh yeah, and I said, see that this maybe this is p- more parallel lives than anything else. Uh, what well, the perfect example is is the case in York Harbor, Maine. We're always talking about in this show, which really uh, was a, a landmark for me because uh, it really pushed me in the late seventies over the edge of realizing spiritualism isn't good enough. The ghost as spirit of the dead thing isn't good enough. Because you had a a young girl who was a student at the University of Connecticut, 
not all that far from here, uh, quote-unquote haunting a house in Maine, and she happened to run into the owners of the house who were terrified of her. And this, So you've got the same person, at least from everything we found, involved in two different worlds at the same time, and you see that a lot. We sometimes get emails from people who've walked into the kitchen and see themselves sitting at the counter. I wonder yeah. why other researchers haven't come into that. Well, they they don't know what to do with it. If they even hear, they don't look. We I learned early on to look beyond the quote unquote haunted house, yeah. or beyond the room with the ghost in it. Look in the yard. Talk to the other neighbors if you, if you can. Uh, this is not always practical. Uh, find out what's going on in the whole area. Are there parallels? Are people seeing UFOs? And sure enough, it came right down to this theory that we have now that I believe is correct and some of these these major cases now like Rendlesham Forest and Central Connecticut in this business uh, that we're going to be speaking about more and you can read about in Bill Hall's new book uh, The Haunted House Diaries. So I think that um, a, long, a long answer to uh, Brian's question, uh, yes you, you are uh, still going through world, the worlds of mental language, you're, you're, you're still in worlds where it's, st- it's still where you are going through it here because all these things, however, you have begun to pull yourself out of it, and you want to connect with more positive worlds than than negative ones, and I, I, I think that the, the negative ones will will cease to exist. They can, they can, uh, you will die in them, or it will just will will change. You can influence positively any world in which you're living by by living it right here, and I I, I, think, I don't think that's simplistic at all. I think that's. Uh, Rather elegant, and I think that's really how it works. Yeah, uh, you, you pretty much just answered the rest of the question. I did. Yeah. What is the rest of the question? Oh, uh, uh, in other words, will I have the same brain in my head, and will it function the same way in other worlds? As well, no, well, that, that's kind of a different question. Oh, sorry. not to interrupt. Why don't you finish the? Uh, he goes on to explain his uh, mental disorders of depression and anxiety. Uh, his doctor put him on an antidepressant medication called mm. uh, Effexor, which was a miracle drug, as he put it. Yeah. Uh, it gave him uh, so much relief, and he began to feel normal, but life was uh, not completely good until he entered uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and learned to live the spiritual uh, way that he does today. Well, good for you, Brian. Yes. Yeah. He, says, uh, he said, life today is great, and I hope I don't suffer the same mental, uh, the same, uh, suffer mentally in, the same, in other worlds in which I've suffered in this world. Yeah. Uh, because this world has been hell, and I hope I don't have to suffer. Oh, sorry, I, kept, I got stuck yeah. another sentence. Blah, 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 but you, you, uh, you, you get the point. So I realize time doesn't exist, but I, I uh, used eternity for a lack of other words to describe my meaning. See, the very fact that Brian has picked himself up and has developed his spirituality with the help of many he may not even know, who aren't necessarily in this quote-unquote world, uh, have helped him stand up. And the very fact that he's done that, I'm sure, has spilled over in many, many positive ways to parallel lives. Oh, yeah, that takes a great deal of strength to do yeah. that. Yeah, and, and you, can't, you don't do it yourself. You can't do it yourself. You know, God helps. However, however you define God, y- you can't neglect God. Still. God is there. You know? Yes, but you have to take the first step. You take the first step, and uh, you know all the. I think many positive influences come in from many worlds to help, including yourself. Yes, where things are much better. And I think just don't even think about the negative worlds. There'll always be some, really, to keep it balanced. Yeah, I think. But uh, the more you you you've made such an improvement here, I think you you're improving all over the place. 
so to speak. And that, that's true for all of us. So congratulations, Brian. And I, don't think, I think not only have you helped yourself, Brian, but you've helped us, many others, because the, the profound, what's beyond the tip of the iceberg fact here is that it isn't just you. You remember, we, we always talk about the island theory not being correct. It isn't just you. You are us, and we are you too. And that is absolutely the, the bottom line here. You've helped all of us. And when we do things that are positive and good, we try to help you. We're helping you, too, in many different worlds. It, it really is quite a, a, a concept. Uh, to even grasp it is an accomplishment, I think. So I think that's it. Uh, we have a caller. We have Bill from Franklin. Uh, Bill, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, oh. wait for it. Okay. He's, he's there. He's there. He's there. Okay. Uh, he's oh. not a ghost, is he? No. Okay. There we go. There we go. Bill, welcome, back. welcome to the show. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, right, right now, I'm, I'm alone and there's no one around anymore, but, but uh, I've always had people around me, but I feel like I've been alone before, but I, but I haven't been, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to understand. Or yeah. did I dream it? You know, you know. Well, I suppose it gets back, and we've often talked about this, you know, you lose a loved one. One of the, one of the gripes, if, to get back to the psychic medium thing, uh, is... So they say, oh, your loved ones are always around, you know. Well, what if you didn't like your loved ones? You know, what if they were jerks? What if they were abusers? You know, just because you're related to someone doesn't mean you, you can get along with them or love them. Uh, or I've often heard the term, I actually uh, heard this in the seminary, you can love someone without liking them. You can love someone and not be able to live with them. So I think what's going on there, Bill, at least in our experience, is that you're aware not, not of them being here, but of you being there. Of you being in many worlds where they never died. Like, like or, I, yeah, like I felt like I, like I've been alone before, but I but I haven't been here, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Um, just just don't get. Um, yeah, you, know, you got to keep your feet on the ground because uh, in our narrow paradigm, uh, that's generally uh, grounds for going to the shrink. You know, <laughs> sometimes. You know, but it's not. You're perfectly healthy. I know you call in several times, uh, and we're always happy my, to hear from you. My, but, my uh, minister, sounds my good. minister friend, my minister friend says says God is everywhere. That's right. He, you know, you know, he's he's with you everywhere, everywhere you go. God is there. Well, I always think of God as closer to us than we are to ourselves. No. You know, and it's just it's. It's just that's the the normal state in which we live, and I, and I rejoice in that. Uh, that can mean many things too and uh but it, but it's it's just there and i it's a wonderful thing to accept you know? okay I just, okay great i just i just felt kind of, kind of strange i felt like i've been alone but i haven't been <laughs> that's right no you're not you're never alone yeah. and you're always loved and yeah. tell people that and and uh it really gives them hope because it's true like, like these women i'm i'm with now you know i have the strong feeling like it's love but it's but it's but it's the friendship love not yeah you know, not not physical love you know what I mean? sure I hear you. Very good. I, I don't understand it. You know, I, like I love these two two women, but but I don't love them. I I like them like friends. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Well, understanding is another point that maybe we should have brought up during the whole uh, psychic medium experience, paranormal thing, and that's you know do does does understanding in our term of the word does education get in the way of paranormal experiences, or at least of, of understanding what they really might be. And I hate to say it, because I like to be very intellectual, but I, I think it might. 
our education and our intellect are so narrow and the point of view is so narrow that, as I say, we often say, it, it will get you from point A to point B. It'll get you from the earth to the moon. It'll help you build a highway. It'll help you build a house. But it will not explain reality. It'll tell you what something, how to do something, but not what it is. Like, are, are dreams really dreams, or are they, are, are they other worlds? Or what's, you know, I've, I've always wondered that. Well, maybe both. I can tell you some dreams would knock your socks off, you know. And it's funny, uh, the whole dream question is interesting because when I, have a very, I, when I was a, an editor at the Providence Journal, I developed a very strange sleep schedule. Uh, the boys were young. My, my wife worked 9 to 5. I worked, and, you know, it was a morning paper, so you, you work into the night to put out the morning paper. So that, that's what I did. So I had a very funny sleep schedule. And I would sleep generally in the afternoon and then sleep a little bit at night. And I, I would remember dreams very much and I'd write them all down. I found, and I don't know if you find the same thing, Bill, I found that there, you visit the same places, sometimes with the same people, and whatever world it is, you have memories of even growing up in it or yeah, having yeah, been yeah, to some, certain places. Yeah, like some, some, some of my dreams... Um there's a town nearby where I can walk it, but I got to walk a certain way, or, or I get lost. Really? Okay. And I've been there many, many times in these dreams. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you have they have a whole history in some of these worlds. So, I mean, maybe it is just uh, our subconscious. Maybe it's just well, of course, our subconscious, as we define it, is other worlds. You know, yeah. maybe it's just dreams, as they say, or, or maybe it's more to it. I, I tend to think there's more had, to it. And I've had deja vu. Things happen like, like in a split second. Yes. Like I've, been, like I've been here before and then it's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you probably were there before or, or are there in some, uh, again, uh, parallel reality that is simultaneous. So, so that's, uh, I mean, all these things, as I say, it's the first day of school. Yeah. And I think our ancestors knew about this, but we forgot it a long time ago. Very good. Well, thanks, thanks for calling in, Bill. Okay. All right. Take okay, care. Bye. All right. Now, uh, have we covered that? Because we've got time for maybe one yeah. more. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I think we got this covered. Okay, this one is very interesting. Uh, yeah, th- that's uh, from a listener in the UK. Okay, doke. So, uh, listener in the UK writes to us, uh, Allison, I believe her name is. Uh, yes, from Allison. Hampshire. I thought I thought we didn't need to say, need to say that. Took. I don't no, know. We'll give her name. No, whatever. All right. So, Allison, Allison writes to us. Uh, I'm a regular listener from the UK, and I enjoy listening to uh, your podcast, but they always raise uh, more questions than answers. I'm sure you find this, too. I'd like to tell you about um, a, another a, a beautiful location called the, the Kesselberry uh, Pomp- Pomperoy. 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 Uh, that's one of our ancestral places in England, you know, because we're, we're Pomeroy descendants. Uh, it's like it's like we just crawled out of the primordial soup, right? In England, anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right, so uh, she, she needs to say, I have visited this uh, ruin countless times, having a uh, weird time slip experience there back in 2005. Uh, myself and my, my sister and my uh, professional uh, dowser, uh, called Bob, all experienced what we can only describe as going back in time for a few seconds. We were walking together on in the uh, grounds of the castle, quietly observing and taking the unique atmosphere of the place. And take, it is a ruin. It. Yes. At this point, it's not like powder. Yeah. Yes. Uh, suddenly, it was uh, like time stopped. An eerie silence de- descended upon us, uh, like we had uh, walked into something unseen. Whilst having the experience, uh, the uh, the air pressure changed as if the air was changing with electricity. Uh, nothing. F- 
Nothing felt right. There's our electricity. Again. We felt out of place and really strange. Uh, we just looked at each other like we all knew something uh, was wrong, but we didn't know what yet, uh, or we didn't know what yet, uh, so we didn't speak. Uh, we were speechless. Uh, what is also interesting is a uh, pilot, pilot of light, a pilot of a light aircraft flew over the castle a few years ago, and uh, saw smoke rising uh, from the chimneys and a roof. Even though it's uh, been a ruin for a few hundred years and no chimneys exist in this day and age. Uh, perhaps another time slip. Uh, back in 1999, the UK had a total eclipse of the sun momentarily as the eclipse uh, was happening. I felt the same thing. Another time, uh, whilst approaching the castle in my car down the narrow, long tree-lined uh, track, I experienced this incredible feeling of dread, like every cell in my body was screaming to turn back and don't visit. Uh, it is known that the track is haunted. Uh, because you are highly experienced investigators, what are your views on these feelings that are sometimes so strong that they are almost tangible, and what do you think causes this uh, when more than one person is affected in, uh, with the same feelings? Well, first of all, next time in England, we're going to Barry Palmer. <laughs> I've never been there, and it is one of our ancestral you know, digs there. However... Uh, I find the time slip thing very interesting and the electrical feelings that she experienced when that took place. Oh, yes. And I, th I tend to think that this was one of the more dramatic ones, but that, that we're, people think we're in one world like a bubble. And I, I'm partially responsible for that because in, in one of my books, it, it depicts the multiverse like that. Bubbles that sometimes will intersect and, and blend into all this stuff. But that's really not how it works. More accurately... I think we're dealing with what we call world families. Uh, we, we proceed through, I think, thousands or, or maybe even millions of these, these parallel worlds each day, and our consciousness makes them line up in ways that we expect. That's another long story, but I think that that's essentially how it works. Consciousness, not only human consciousness, really everything is conscious, uh, comes together to conduct us through what to us is logical. Because what is the most fearful thing for our souls, I think? Uh, boredom? Is, and, well, well, besides boredom. But the thing is, that really, something that really makes us afraid. Oh, boredom uh, makes uh, us bored. Uh, not having control. Not having control. And, well, like if you were to get up in the morning and somehow you stumbled into a parallel world where the sun rose in the west instead of the east. And where, where you, um, you know, uh, had to reach up to the ceiling to get the cereal you're going to eat in the morning, and, and, and you, had, you could walk up the walls. I mean, that would be terrifying. Any, any sort of dislocation in time and space utterly terrifies us, I think. You know, and we feel secure in worlds that are predictable. But, and that's, that's the thing about the paranormal. If the paranormal is what we, we think it is, which is going, stumbling across the, the membrane into another world, hence the electrical feelings, because they seem to be electromagnetic membranes, yeah. which we believe we have photographs of, as a matter of fact, then that would be a, a cause for great terror. Now, another, now the thing with, that uh, Allison is referring to at Barry Pomeroy might very well be a personal connection with herself living at Barry Pomeroy in, say, the 13th century. All right? mm -hmm. There were some, uh, as, as I, if I can recall my Pomeroy history, there were some attacks there. Uh, and, and even later on, during the English Civil War, uh, in the 1640s, 
fifties. Uh, Oliver Cromwell. Yes, uh, there were a lot because a lot of the other people, the castle we actually had dinner in with our relatives was um, they were involved in that. Remember, you know, remember, yeah, we, we were there hearing the whole story of the, the Wars of the Roses, uh, which was a different war and the English Civil War and the involvement of the Courtenay family, whom we were related to. But in any case. Uh, I think that, that there might have been a personal connection across a multiverse membrane uh, for Allison, and that's why she felt the dread. However, she notes th- that the, the road is considered haunted and that a lot of people feel dread. So that may be just the presence of world intersects there. And uh, they often get photographs in places like this of soldiers from anywhere from the, the uh, 19th century all the way back to the Saxon times in the various wars that, in this case, uh, England has been involved with. So that, that, I think, more intersects in places that are very active electromagnetically. Uh, it does funny things with space-time, and I think that might explain it. Uh, I'm very interested in the pilot flying over and seeing the castle intact and uh, assuming that he was looking at the right building. Uh, I, I haven't been there, but I've seen aerial photographs of that area, and there really isn't anything else around there that looks like the castle of Barry Pomeroy. So unless he was a, a, a somebody who shouldn't be a pilot, he yeah. was presumably looking at the right building. All right? And again, uh, we hear about these things, and pilots often report not only UFOs, but strange things they see on the ground, uh, what might be called slips in time and space. Oh, yes. Especially, like... Um Oh, that's interesting. I, I always enjoy hear, hearing pilot stories about like odd happenings. Yeah, like any, if, like if it's over like the Bermuda Triangle or things like that. Right, right. Yeah, I um, I don't know. When I was in the Coast Guard, I um, well the first thing, well the first thing whenever I stepped aboard an aircraft, I I, I couldn't help but thinking this was built by the lowest bidder. <laughs> and somehow that didn't wasn't reassuring, but fortunately, uh, thank God there were no incidents. But I remember flying around. Uh, we were doing some air ops in in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, we were looking, uh, you know, kind of checking out Cuban spy vessels and things like doing some other things I can't talk about. But um, th- there were um, I never noticed anything strange. But when on the ship, I remember on the bridge of, of the cutter, which was one of the the big ones at the time, the Hamilton class, which have all been decommissioned by now, I would think. Uh, I remember the, the huge compass going around in circles at certain places. And the Bermuda Triangle is another issue, and I think that whenever you have a, a hugely busy section of the sea like that with all kinds of air traffic and all kinds of ship traffic, you're going to have funny incidents going on simply because of the, of the number of vessels and aircraft in, in the area. True, plus there are underwater vents that... Uh, there are underwater vents that do yeah. funny things with yeah, they, the temperature of the, the methane... They, they stop the ships on. from being buoyant, so they just sink. That can happen, yes. yeah. So who knows what really goes on there. But I, I have seen some kind of strange things happening myself. And uh, compass phenomena do not necessarily mean there's something paranormal going on. It just means you've got electromagnetic issues. And the whole Earth is really an electromagnetic generator. And uh, so there, there could be all sorts of things. But, but they can really disconcert you. But the whole Barry Pomeroy thing, um, and, and, and people often ask, is, when you have a feeling of dread, is it always paranormal? We got a question like that earlier in the show. And no, not necessarily. Maybe it just disrupts your own electrical balance. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't find that happens 
really too much, but we're out of time. So um, anyway, thank you for everyone who wrote in. Very, very good questions this week, and we'll do another Open Line show very soon. So let's get to our announcements. Indeed. So you can visit our website, that's BehindTheParanormal.com, where you can find nearly 600 free podcasts of past shows on both ON 1240 and our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And we are, we are working with iTunes at the suggestion of several listeners ah. to get these podcasts back all the cbs ones are there but all the on ones we're going to get on itunes very soon so you can find my books on amazon.com amazon kindle and the usual suspects buy them directly at behind the paranormal.com however be happy to sign them for you and help us keep all those podcasts free so you also oh we we also we also already talked about those i always forget that well, we no we didn't actually we didn't mention the charities we oh that's right we went straight back into questions we did so please yep. mention the charities. usa cares canadian veterans advocacy BuildersHelpingHeroes.org, Youth Mentoring Connection in Los Angeles. Check them all out, especially Youth Mentoring Connections doing great things for youth out there who are at risk. And that's www.YouthMentoring.org. So next Monday, January 26th, here on ON1240 and ONWorldwide.com, parapsychologist, well, no, uh, psychotherapist and folklorist, Dr. Uh, Paul J. Leslie, uh, will be on with us to talk about shamanism in the American Southeast. Yeah, interesting stuff. Oh, yes. We leave you this evening with one of those wonderfully ambiguous quotes from Irish poet and and playwright Oscar Wilde. A dreamer is one who can only find his way by moonlight, and his punishment is that he sees the dawn before the rest of the world. Unquote. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.